0: People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life.
1: I like Wes Eisley. I like everything about
0: him. All right. On today's episode, we have Joe Rawlinson, who has the Dad's Guide to Twins podcast. I was on his podcast a couple weeks ago. It's coming out soon. And we had such a good time talking about my twins. I said, Man, we gotta get you on my podcast because I wanna hear all kind I know you have a ton of stories about all these twins. Uh everybody, it's Joe Rollinson. What's up, buddy? Hey everybody, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for coming on. So, first of all, you gotta tell everybody about your twins. How old are your twins now?
1: My girls I have identical twin girls, and they are almost fifteen. They'll be fifteen this summer. Um They are most eager to learn how to drive a car, which I haven't figured out how I'm going to handle twin driver's ed. (sighs) That scares scares me, as
0: does twin increasing of car insurance, but we'll sort all that out eventually. (laughs) See, we got you to learn on. Tell us what else we have in store that we need to save up for now.
1: um, Yeah, so it's been 15 years. I've got two older boys, too. Uh, My oldest uh, just turned 18. And I've got a 16 going on 17 year old boy, they're all in high school. So I've got freshmen, my girls are freshmen, I have freshman, sophomore, and junior. So it's all the activities all the time right now. All my kids have part-time jobs. So we're shuttling for not shuttling them to like track or a trauma musical thing, we're taking them to and from work. So wow. part of me wants, part of me wants everybody to be driving. And part of me is scared to have everybody
2: driving because, yeah. um, Yeah. You know, that's what parents
1: worry about. Yeah. Dude, I get it.
2: I I think, I think that's really awesome that they all have jobs though. That's, that's really great. You don't hear that much anymore. Like, yeah, you just don't. So I think that's great.
0: We have teen family and friends that are, our, our babysitter that is on the road with us is 19. She doesn't drive. She doesn't want her license yeah she's taking forever to get her license she's really dragging her feet the adults are pushing her
2: yeah yeah Um, and we're trying to be like hinting like yeah you could get your license and you could totally drive yourself back and forth to our house instead of us having to come pick you up because she lives about two and a half hours away so we have to coordinate with my parents to pick her up and drop her off when we have a break between shows so
0: like we have we have the week off this week we have um I had teach magic classes, and I had a couple other smaller projects, but we didn't need to take the whole family and crew to these gigs. Right. So uh, she went home for the week, but usually she lives with us. Right. But man, get a driver's license. <laughs> She's got a job. She works with us. But get a driver's license. It would
1: help. It would help. Right. It's very. It's very handy. Um, our oldest drives. And he takes. He takes the rest of the siblings to school and back, and that's just great. And um, my, like I said, my twin girls are really excited to learn how to drive. My, my second. Or he's dragging his feet kind of like you're describing with your babysitter of getting that license so we'll see how it all plays out um but natalie you mentioned uh teenagers having jobs is not as frequent as it used to be i mean i had a job as a teenager and right as did my wife and we realized uh, you learn a lot of life skills in that kind of situation that you're not going to learn at home and you're not going to learn at school and so plus you get the benefit of you're making Right. Um, so we were all about, Hey, let's, let's uh, encourage them to get a job. We would, we were open and honest about what my wife and I did when we were kids. and We kind of pushed our kids in to get a job somewhere close to where we live. So we didn't have to drive them too far. Um, but it's, it's, and, and they were initially very hesitant, of course, they were, I mean, scared to death to go in and talk to some manager to, to apply for a job. But, the reality is, all these places are so hungry for employees that they'll they'll just snag them up, right? So my oldest has been at the same place for two or three years now. It's like a it's like a bowling alley game center kind of place. He really enjoys that. And uh, my other three kids, the twins and my other son, are at Chick Fil A. So they they've had a
2: blast there. That's awesome,
0: and, uh, dude. I worked at Chick Fil A when I was the cool thing about Chick Fil A. I was in high school and they worked around my football schedule i mean i could come in at eight thirty at night i'm only working for an hour it was in a mall but then you're clean until two three in the morning so they just let me do they, they had worked like with you 50 people on the schedule and they that's only awesome. needed 20 because some people could only work two hours a day yeah it was it, they're really flexible really amazing group of people so you got three of yours working there that's awesome but the bowling alley okay. game center sounds fun too
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, he likes that. I think he also likes not being at the same place as all his siblings. Yeah. Some independence and not being compared to each other, you know, which is which is fine. So it's been fun to watch him mature into those jobs because they have to coordinate with their scheduler and the manager and you know, ask for time off and get along with a whole wide range of coworkers, a whole wide range of, of customers, from very pleasant to very angry people. And so those are you know life skills that'll serve him great for whatever
0: yeah. comes in the future. So I'm curious because you have five. Wait, you have Four. six in your household. Oh,
2: six six in your household.
0: Yes. Six, yeah, six family <clears throat> What kind of calendar do you have in your house? How do you set that up? Because you need to know everybody's dentist schedule and doctor's schedule and work schedules and drama schedules.
1: How do you make that all work? Okay, so everyone has a Google account as a Gmail. And so each of the kids has their own calendar. And then... We've got like a family calendar, so everybody shares all this together. So everybody can see everybody's calendars on in their, in their on their phone or in the Google Calendar app. And so if they are working, they'll put the work schedule on. Um, if they have you know some activity with friends or they're going somewhere, they'll put that on the calendar. Or If they have like extracurriculars like a track meet or uh, a musical rehearsals and stuff like that, they'll put that on the calendar. So then every Sunday, you know, around dinner time on Sunday. We'll just go through the calendar really fast with everybody to make sure we know what's going on for the week. We know where everybody needs to be. If there's conflicts or, you know, maybe my wife may have to be in one spot and I may have to be in another spot, we can coordinate all that. Now, usually it's mostly just for my wife and I to make sure everything can happen because the kids kind of probably forget until the day of whatever the event is, which is why we force them to put it on the calendar. But
0: that's that's worked pretty well. That's good. You were texting yeah. your mom. Why doesn't your mom get on Google Calendar so she can... The babysitter, we have to How let you... the babysitter know every show that we have uh, so they know that, that she is going to be with us that week or that time period yeah. or no reason calling because we're on the road or at a show.
2: Teach her that. You, you don't think she it. can do
0: Google Calendar?
2: I'll let you teach her.
0: All you have to do is open the app.
2: I will let you teach her oh, that's if the you problem. want to I do just... it.
0: So she booked two shows today, and they're illusion shows, and she's got to put it on our calendar. She's got to put it on the Google Calendar. She's got to make the contracts, and then she's got to text her mom, and then she's yeah. got to tell the publicist. But the publicist knows because of the Google Calendar. Right. Let your mom have our Google Calendar.
2: Does she have to have a Gmail account to have access to the Google Calendar? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she does. She doesn't.
0: Go. She doesn't have Gmail?
2: She doesn't have Gmail. We'd have to set her up a Gmail Set one up for Willow. Anyway, anyway, so
0: let's tell me, so you interviewed me for the, it was the Dad's Guide to Twins podcast. And I'm like, this is great. This will be fun. I had fun with you. It was a great experience. But I was a little nervous getting into it because anytime people ask me questions about my twins, I defer to my wife. (laughs) Right? I'm a dad, right? I'm there for the kids. Am I a good dad? Yes. Okay. Yes. But I don't know all the birth weights and all the facts and questions people are going to ask me. And I was afraid I was going to get questions like that. I didn't. We had a great time. But I said, man, we got to get you on our podcast because I know you guys can banner back and forth. And then you were like, man, your childbirth was easy. There was no yeah. NICU time. There was yes. no anything.
2: We what were was blessed you, in that way. What
0: was your experience like? Did you guys end up with a NICU time? Now it's time for us to interview you and hear some stories about your podcast and your crazy experiences with the whole twin thing.
1: Our, our pregnancy and the birth went pretty smoothly, actually. Um so maybe maybe a little similar to yours, where my wife the, the pregnancy was fine. She did get put on some kind of partial bed rest because uh, she was having some preterm labor. Mm-hmm. But that was mostly just um, she had to kind of lay down for two or three hours a day. It wasn't totally restrictive bed rest where she was in the actual bed all day or in the hospital, which you know, lots of moms have to go through. So um, the challenges there was we had two very young toddlers at the time not even two, not even three. Um, and so they, of course, were very active and running all over the place while mom's trying to rest. So we had to get creative with schedule that way. We would, we hired, like, there was a teenager who lived across the street, a high school girl. So we would we hired her to come over and just play with the boys in the late afternoon. So my wife could just you know sit on the couch or, or rest. And then um, of course, and then I would, I would come home shortly after that and can help out from work so aside from that there weren't any complications with the pregnancy Uh, we got to about um 36 weeks of the pregnancy and we were having uh, weekly checkups with the doctor and by this point as you know nally like uh mom was extremely uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. massive i mean compared to just a single baby uh everything was just miserable for her so uh she was ready for those babies to come and so we went to this regular checkup and she's trying to like Convince the doctor to, like, let's have the babies today. And the doctor's like, well, you're only 36 weeks. You should try to wait, wait a little bit more. Um, but then they hooked my wife up to a uh, monitor to see what was going on with, her, with the baby's heartbeats and if there's any contractions going on. It turns out she was having contractions. So uh, just the early stages of, of that. So the doctor's like, okay, well, you want to have babies today? Great, let's have babies today. So it was like a, a morning doctor's appointment uh, where I left, I left work. I went to the, the, the doctor's appointment with my wife. I thought, okay, I'll just go back to work after this. Yeah, I didn't go back to work. I was yeah. just from, from doctor's office to the hospital and to the uh, labor and delivery ward. We had to wait because uh, there were lots of mothers who were farther along in labor than my wife. Mm-hmm. And we knew that we were gonna be having a C-section uh, with our girls because
2: uh, one of the girls was transverse. She was kind of laying side to side. Okay
1: we'd had C-sections with each of our two boys before. So we kind of knew what the routine was going to be. Our first, our first son, we were hoping for a natural birth. He got stuck. So we had to do emergency C-section. That was not, not the ideal situation. Second son, we knew we were going to have C-section. We planned it. We showed up at a certain time, had the baby. So the twins, Um, we knew it was going to be C-section. We knew what to expect. Um, So like we, so the doctor's point was in the morning, let's say 10. So maybe, five or six at night, we find they're getting grabbed for an operating room. They take my wife in and I'm pacing the halls waiting. Um, you think they just kind of forget you because there's nobody in the halls. The lights are low. You're like, did, did they lose me? Am I, I going to be invited in to actually see my girls be born? Yeah. So they rush, they rush me in. I'm in my scrubs, you know. The, the twins are born. Uh, no problem. With with delivery, I was I wanted to really see them be born but the doctor and the crew are like, we don't want dads to pass out on the floor when they see all the blood. So you stand up, dad, when we tell you to stand up, but you can see when we tell you to see. Okay. Um, so I was you know, just chilling at the, at the head of the table with my wife's head and the anesthesiologist was right behind us. But the girls were born healthy. Um, I got to see them right away. You know, you're counting all the fingers and toes make sure things in order It was. And then I realized, Oh, there's another one still coming. So I rushed back. I, I didn't know, should I like tell my wife what's going on? Should I pay attention to the baby A? Should I rush back to see baby B be born? It was kind of a little crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but they were both broke fine and uh, got them swallowed up, got to show them to mom and then uh, they them away. They, had, they didn't have any complications. They didn't have to go to the NICU. It was just kind of it's getting cleaned up and ready to go while, they, while the doctor sewed my wife back up and got her through her post-op. Um, so... We were at the hospital three or four days uh, just for her recovery from the, it was more the recovery from the C-section than it was the babies, because the girls, the girls were fine.
2: Right.
1: And then it's like, okay, good luck. Go home and hope it works
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, when you get <laughs> sent home, it's, it's,
0: we were ready to go. I, I think I told you the we wrong time. Rally. I did tell you the wrong time on your podcast, because dad, math. I think I said like forty hours we were out of there, but it was thirty hours we were out of the hospital.
2: Yeah, and they were like, "You can stay
0: another day." And We were like, "We don't want to." All the
2: nurses, yeah, all the nurses were like, "You have twins. You should stay." And I was like, "I want to go home. I I want to go home." And my doctor was totally fine with it, but the nurses were like, acting like I was crazy for going home early. But I was like, "I everybody's fine. I'm fine. The babies are fine. I want to go home. I you can't sleep in hospital, you know. Not that you're going to get much sleep with." Newborn twins, but you're gonna get a little bit more without people walking in and out and checking baby Because I mean Lord, you think they could coordinate it check mom check each baby But no, it's like they got to come in and check mom And then they got to leave for 15 minutes and come back and check one baby and leave and come back and check It's like oh my gosh (laughs) So yeah, I was happy to go home early You were
0: talking about your wife having bed rest you didn't have bed rest
2: no, but I also was pregnant in 2020 Um, so we didn't have our normal schedule, obviously of doing shows every single day gone all the time. I think that was God really watching out for us because I think if we had our normal schedule, I probably would have been put on bed rest because I'd be doing too much. So, um, I think that helped, but yeah, we have very similar stories. I just, I didn't have a C-section. I had my natural, um, which I was thankful for because mostly I'm, of getting that needle in my back that's pretty much the reason I wanted to do all-natural but I made it to 37 weeks exactly so I made it one week longer than your wife and everything went smoothly Um, it was completely different from Lana's birth because we were able to stay in the birthing room and the lights were down low and everyone was real quiet and it was just the doctor and like one or two nurses and my husband and it was all just it was like peaceful you have twins and they don't care whether c-section or natural you're in the operating room because there's a bigger chance of something happening and it's bright lights and it's like five nurses and two doctors and an anesthesiologist just in case but um yeah so completely different experiences but they both worked out great so yeah
0: how much did yours weigh do you know the numbers bad
2: uh, yeah
1: i don't i don't know <laughs> I don't know our numbers either.
2: Julian was 5'7", and Lex was 6 pounds 12. I had nice, big, healthy twin babies. Yeah. <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty big. Right, exactly.
0: But I remember, because yep. she was homeschooling <laughs> our 11-year-old, and she would come downstairs and just set. All she would do is walk down the steps, uh, make herself a cup of coffee, hot chocolate, whatever she was having. Go over to the desk to start teaching the kids, and her foot—it looked like a balloon. Somebody has her ankles and her foot. It looked painful. Yeah. And she was just trying to teach homeschool. She's putting her feet up and just reading to my daughter. But my gosh, did that look awful?
2: Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know, it happens. Yeah. But yeah, you get to the end of that pregnancy, and you're right—you're miserable. You are miserable, and so tired, and um, yeah. I remember Lana would. My daughter would have to read to me as part of school, and I would be sitting there holding the book, and I would just be dozing off, like, just because, I mean, I'm out to here, and I'm ready to have babies, and I'm, I mean, I'm just falling asleep while she's reading to me, and I felt so bad, but, yeah.
0: So, when I got off the <laughs> air with you, one of the last things you said to me was, you know, no NICU time, no, what are some crazy NICU stories you've heard? I mean, it's got to be weeks and months in the NICU.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like the whole breadth, like from, let's say, fairly normal delivery of pregnancy, like like we're talking about, your, your family and mine, and then uh, three or four months in the NICU, mm. uh, requiring, because these babies can be born, like, mid-20 weeks of the pregnancy, and so they may have some major complications that require all kinds of surgeries to get them ready uh, for the real world, or they just may be so small that they just need time to grow, you know, keep developing, Hospital so they can actually eat themselves and breathe by themselves and stuff like that. Um, like even the even our our pregnancy was pretty uneventful, and I realized talking to I've interviewed probably about a hundred dads, hundred twin dads now, and some of them had some pretty you know scary times during that pregnancy where the doctor's like, well, you know, one of your twins may make it, but the other twin may not make it, or, um. or you may be losing your twins, or your twins have this very serious condition where. There's something called uh, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. Basically, one twin is uh, gobbles up all the fluids and nutrients, and kind of starves out the second twin, right? And so that's bad for both twins because one is getting too much and one is getting too little. I talked to one dad; they had to go, you know, travel across the country and get like a special laser surgery because the placenta for their twins was shared and that was causing this this t- uh, twin-to-twin transfusion problem. So they had to like. There's a surgery where they can laser separate this placenta so that Whoa. there's no more sharing of that between the twins. Wow. Um, so first of all, that that's even possible. is just amazing, right? Like right? They can go in during the pregnancy, perform this procedure, and save the lives of the twins, you know, through this. It's just, it's a miracle.
0: I wouldn't know where to start with that.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That would be very scary. What kind of twin? I know you said identical, but like ours are identical, but they're die die, which isn't normal for them to be identical. So we had... Um, like the safest, I think, is with the least amount of complications because they had separate sacs, separate placentas. What What were yours? What were your girls?
1: Uh, we had no die,
2: twins. Okay. Um,
0: Which is what? So Help me out. I don't know. I only know die, die now. So they share a placenta,
1: but they're on sacs. Okay. Uh, so there was there's there was the risk of the same serious thing I just described to you, the twin to twin transfusion. Uh, but that never was a problem. One of our girls was a little bigger than her sister, but nothing that required any kind of intervention medically.
0: So out of 100 people, um, we found out five months in. How common is that on your podcast, people finding out that late? It's not so That's common. really.
1: that's really rare yeah. to mm-hmm. find out that late. <laughs> yeah. That's really rare. Usually it's, um, well, it depends on how, I guess it depends on how the twins came about. Like, there's a lot of... Uh, families I talk to where they've done some kind of, uh, in vitro or medical assistance to help get pregnant. And so they're, they're usually monitored a lot more closely. And Mm -hmm. so they find out really early, seven, eight weeks, um, where they're like, yeah, you're going to have twins. Um, other times, uh, the family may just assume it's a regular pregnancy, you know, they get the positive test and then they go in and get a checkup. And if there's no ultrasound in that first visit or so, I mean, you may go a couple months until you find out you're going to have twins. our, our story was, my wife found out she's pregnant, and um, so she scheduled an appointment with a doctor to just confirm that. I had been with her to the other appointments with our boys. I'm like, okay, they're just gonna do blood work, you may have to pee in a cup, and then do some tests, and like, I just watch the kids when well, you go into this checkup. And so she goes into the checkup and, well, they do more than this, just a standard test, they actually do an ultrasound, and they discover the twins, you know, while I'm not there, right? So mm-hmm. she. She calls me on the phone and says you should come pick us up, and I'm like great because I've been driving around with our little boys. And I was like, well, how did it go? And she's like, well, we got an ultrasound, and went like, great. I was like, oh yeah, so how was the ultrasound? I was like, it was great. We saw healthy heartbeats and everything looks great. So I'm like, oh, that's nice, that's nice. And then I'm like, wait a minute, did you see heartbeats? heartbeats? Uh, plural heartbeats? And she's like, yeah, we're having twins. And I'm, I don't even know how I drove from where I was to the hospital <laughs> to pick her up from that appointment, but. Um, that's where the craziness began uh, from there. So as far as finding out, like, you'll find out about five months, that's, that's pretty that's
2: pretty rare. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, but we were together.
2: Yeah. We were right there in
0: that moment together. I, I am
2: very glad you were with me. I was in so much shock. I, I don't, I, yeah.
0: We just, start, yeah. I started laughing because I didn't know what to do. It was either laugh or cry because she was like, and she had this dumbfounded look on her face. I, and her yeah, jaw dropped I, it. I, We'll figure it out, I guess. Yeah. But I was just laughing. And she said, why are you laughing? It's to stop from crying. I don't know what else to do. I was just... Yeah. I mean, think about it. We do 400 shows a year on the road with our family. Now, how do you take twins there? How do you take... What? Right. So I already have bunny rabbits and birds and a daughter and my wife and myself and the show. And we're videotaping it for a television show. Now we have twins. How the heck is this going to work? Who and then me, it? I get I get really... Like I overthink, so I'm like, "What if one of them's handicapped? Now, how do you do the handicap ramp? How do you do, how do you do a handicap loader in a van? How much does that cost? Why am I, why am I going Borrowing down that road? Trouble, yeah. I'm planning for the worst and hoping for the best, but it just, I didn't need to do that. That was just way too much.
2: Yeah,
0: I was
1: freaking out. Yeah, it was just me freaking out. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that's what we did. We, we freaked out. Yeah, we were actually, it was around around the Christmas holiday time, and we gonna get on a plane the next day to go visit our family. And, we're, you know, we couldn't sleep that whole night. and We still have to get our little boys ready to go on this trip. And we're just in shell shock trying to figure out. And and like you, I was running through all the scenarios. I'm like, well, I already know how difficult these two little toddlers are that I have. How am I gonna handle two? How are they gonna fit in the house? Do we need a bigger house? Do we need a bigger car? How am I gonna afford this with my job? It was, just, you know, all those what if scenarios. And it took a while for us to talk through all those and, Plan 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 things out. I mean, know. Ended up working out fine, right? But in the moment, you're thinking, "How am I even going to handle all this?"
2: Do twins run in your family?
1: No, they don't. Okay. And identical twins don't run in anybody's family. They're very, they're random.
2: That's so, right. They're identical. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I forgot yeah, for a so, second. Yep.
1: I mean, I didn't know that at the time. You right. Know, I I, knew, I know that now. But um, yeah, there's there was no twins in the family
2: they really need to tell people this. I'm I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, there is a chance any one of y'all could have twins. You know, like I never even thought it was a possibility because like we didn't do IVF. So it was just twins don't run in a family. We don't have, it's, it's, We'll be fine. My kids are
0: homeschooled. I went to you know public school. They didn't teach me that sex ed. My wife said, can we try for one more? Sure. One more. Yes, that's what I agreed to. And it took me eight years to agree to one more. Yeah. No one said that you could sneak in a second one. I didn't know that was an option. I mean, that's not cool. I love yeah. them. I love them with all my heart. Now I'm over it. But at that moment, I was like, dude. And when we did our uh, gender reveal, we told everybody it wasn't IVF. It doesn't run on either side of our family we don't, we're just as confused as you are. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, twins, they're coming, they're coming. We still had another four months, but they're coming. Uh, You know, it's like,
2: yeah. Yeah. And we had our, our gender (coughs) reveal scheduled for the day after we found out and we thought it was just going to be a gender reveal. We didn't know it was going to be a surprise. It's actually twins reveal. So that was that was interesting. We were both still in shock, telling everybody else and putting everybody else in a shock too. <laughs> so they that weren't was in fun. as much
0: shocked as we were in.
2: No, no.
0: So uh, one thing people don't know is how expensive everything is for twins. Yes. Yeah. You know, you, you get a stroller, it's 150 bucks. I'm just ballparking, but you get a double stroller for some reason, it's 500. dollars <laughs> It makes no sense.
2: You're getting double the stroller. I get double the price. Why triple? Why quadruple? Crazy,
1: right? It is. Yeah, the, we, we were hoping we could reuse a lot of stuff from our first two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we were expecting, like, you're like, okay, well, this is going to be the third child. We'll just use leftover crib. We'll use leftover car seat. <laughs> well, actually, you need, yeah, you need two of all that stuff. So we kind of did a hodgepodge of we're like, we're not doing a brand new nursery with brand new everything, matching, matchy everything. We're just going to take this old crib we already have. Get a new one. Same thing with car seats. Our car seats didn't match. We, um, we ended up buying a an inline frame stroller that you can snap the car seats into. Mm-hmm. Um, so that worked out great. And then when they once the kids once the girls were old enough to hold up their hands, we just used like a double umbrella stroller. So we kind of avoided the super duper double travel system, six hundred dollar price package. We just we skipped all that. So. Um, what we did count for was that our toddlers were, weren't quite ready to move on from stroller once we had the twins. Like they still wanted or were capable of walking everywhere. So mm-hmm. we ended up baby-wearing. Like we had uh, baby Bjorns, so I would carry one of the girls on my chest. My wife would carry one of the girls on her chest. And then we still had the stroller in case the boys were, our toddler boys were, were too wasted to walk around. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, you uh, you definitely had it. Um,
0: yeah, we probably
2: had... a little bit more difficult than us because you you, still, you had toddlers, whereas we had a nine-year-old she that could help us. Yeah, well, she was almost nine, but yeah she, yeah, she was eight when they were born. And so she could definitely, we didn't need a stroller for her, obviously. We didn't need all that stuff. Um, but the other difference is, is we had already, so we still had the crib from her, but we didn't have the car seat anymore. Um, and obviously we just had a single stroller, so we needed be able to hold two and so we had to do that kind of thing but we did have very generous family and friends who helped us out a lot and got that, us the and, double stroller yeah $600
0: difficulty. yeah
2: and the and the car seats and all that jazz which was awesome um but our our boys did not like to sleep alone so while we started with two cribs where we had one and then somebody actually gave us one of one of theirs that they didn't need anymore so that was nice, at least we had to buy it. We tried putting them in separate cribs once they moved out of our room into cribs, but they would not sleep. So we ended up having to put them both in one crib. Did you guys Did you guys have that or were your girls able to sleep separately?
1: Well, when we brought them home from the hospital, we actually had them in the same crib. And, cause they were in the same kind of bassinet at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now the current recommendations are that they each child has their own sleeping surface for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was 15 years ago. So they, they were in the same crib, but when they're newborns, they didn't even, you know, you swaddle them up, they don't even move. They just like, right. and they, they just stay there. So until they started kind of moving around and rolling around, they were in the same crib. So that was probably about three months. It took us that three months to move their older brother out of his crib to get him to like a big boy bed. So we can free up his crib to have two cribs in the, in the twins nursery. So once we separated them, they were still in the same room, and they were. The cribs were close enough where, like, my wife and I could stand between the cribs and reach and touch both babies. So they were kind of close enough where they could sense each other's presence. They kind of even did like, I don't know, like bats, where they do echolocation where they kind of squawk and they would squawk back at each other. Yeah. Just to make sure they were there. Oh. That's that's how I envisioned in my mind of what they were trying to do, just just make sure that their sister was there.
0: That's a great description because yeah. it's not babble, it's not anything it's just a noise yeah, yeah. you're it, it's perfect yeah
1: that's really cute yeah so so they were they were fine sleeping uh, sleeping together initially and then when we had separated them the more of the challenges came when they got older and they would you know try to keep each other awake so they want to keep talking to each other or keep playing with each other or throwing stuff in each other's cribs
0: across the room stuff like that <laughs> our and one wakes up and the other one Why are you asleep? Wake up. I'm awake. You need to be awake.
1: Right. So we had to get creative with some sleep training stuff, or maybe we'd put one to sleep in her crib and the other girl, like, on our bed in our bedroom at night. And then once they were both asleep, we'd transfer the sleeping twin back to her crib, or where we would stay, one of us would stay in the room. Um, Because if we were just in the room with them, they would usually just kind of be still until one of them both of them could fall asleep. But as soon as we would leave, they would, you know, party time, throwing everything around. So, um, yeah. it took a little bit of that. We kind of ooch our way night by night. maybe closer and closer to the door until after, you know, a week or two. We're not in the room anymore. We just put
2: it down and leave Yeah. The room. So, yeah. That sounds so, familiar.
1: talking,
0: talking yeah. uh, to you in that podcast we did together, um, I told you that I lay in bed, putting them to bed at nighttime. I have one on each arm, right? Getting the camera. One on each arm. And I'm sore. <clears throat> I'm hurt. Because you sit like this for an hour and a half, and you can't move. And each one wants love. Each one's holding your hand and rubbing the hairs in your arms and until they fall asleep. Well, then I have to try to get their head out from underneath of them and then get out of the room. And you were like, no, I just sat in the corner and just put them down and sit in the corner. But I'm there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I started doing that after our podcast, dude. I'm out in like sometimes 15 minutes. Sometimes it's 40, but it, it was like 15 minutes last night. So God bless you. Thank you. That was a great tip. I don't and have this every night. I love, mean, I love that cuddle time. I love that cuddle. I love that. But dude, you can't do it all the time every night. It hurts. And if I got to get up at six in the morning, I don't want to be all stiff and hurting and and boy, you couldn't hold one and ignore the other. They wanted both at the same time when it's time to go to bed. So
2: yeah, yeah. And he's leaving them where they're they're both still awake, but I tired enough that they're going to sleep. So he'll come to bed, and I'll just I'll just read until I see that they've both settled completely down, and then go to sleep, which is a lot better than it used to be. So yeah, but they still share a a bed we we started out with just one crib and then they got too big for that and we got a full-size mattress and one of those giant play to keep them contained and put the mattress in there and that worked until they completely destroyed the play <laughs> i so think that would have been good just, for
0: girls if you had twin yeah. girls i think it would work but boys are just violent They're
2: destructive yeah. um so now it's just a mattress on the floor pretty much because they will still roll off and i don't want them we don't want them falling out of bed yet or not yet, but you know, they got to learn to stay in bed. Um, but yeah, so they're doing pretty good with that
0: for the most part. <laughs> so, uh, with the twin babble, when did that stop for you? Did they have their own language? I hear that all the time twins have their own language.
1: Uh, they did, and our girls had a small complication there because they were tongue tied. Um, well, Back. So when, when they are, when they were babies, uh, my wife was trying to breastfeed them and they just couldn't get a good latch and combining that with our twin our toddler boys running circles around mom and distracting the babies while she's trying to breastfeed, um, breastfeeding was not working. So we found out that their, their tongues were tight, so they had to do a little procedure they snipped that under underneath the tongue to free that up. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to, to feed better, but I don't know if it was lingering uh, fallout from that or what, but our girls did have some speech impediments where they had their own way of talking. Where we got so used to, my wife and I got used to what we could kind of understand what they're saying, but anybody outside the house was kind of baffled by what they were talking about. And we eventually had to take them to uh, do some like speech therapy for probably half a year to help them work through that. Um, but they, even before they were verbal, they would babble and communicate with each other. I mentioned the echolocation thing when they were really little, but even when they were uh, crawling around or, or toddlers, they had they would they would talk to each other and you would know what they were saying. Um, later, they were actually saying words, and no one else would know what they were saying. You know, we figured it out, and but uh, fortunately, we were able to get that taken care of, so that like people at
2: the school or
1: church or friends could know what they were talking
2: about. How old were they when they started? speaking, English, <laughs> not twin language. Um,
1: they, I mean, we, uh, probably in the second year,
2: okay. they
1: had, but we also did some baby signs with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, we did some baby signs with our first two, um, just like basic baby signs to help communicate their basic needs really helped alleviate a lot of their, inability to communicate, like, I want more food or I'm tired or I don't want this or I need no drink or water, or whatever. Just basic stuff up to eliminate a lot of tears and even though they couldn't say those words yet. So I think using baby signs helps help them through, but also maybe prolonged a little bit and wanting to actually speak some. Mm okay. Oh, that's yeah, because good. Our, I wouldn't think about that.
2: Yeah, our kid, our our boys definitely have that twin language because they use like all the language rules. One talks while the other one waits, and then the other one has his time to talk. And they're it, it's completely it's just I mean I they but they you can tell they understand each other. And they, they nod. Like, uh-huh. They make a plan, or they say no, or you whatever, and they make this plan and then they like go do it. And it's it's like well they know exactly what they're saying, and they do say some things like milk and eat and dad and mom, and you know, they definitely have words, um, that they, they say, but I, I know our daughter was speaking a lot more at their age than what they are. Um, at their last checkup, the doctor wasn't worried about it because, you know, they respond and they listen, like you tell them to put something down and they will do it. So they know what you're saying, they're just not speaking yet. And so that's why I was curious, like how old, your girls were when they actually started speaking English a little bit better. Um, our boys are two and a half, and I'm still kind of, I'm just waiting for the day when something clicks and it just, all of a sudden, um, they'll come out with full sentences here. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's why I was, mean, it varies.
1: I, mean, I was talking to lots of other twin dads, and <clears throat> I mean, every twin situation is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, Two different children are different from each other, and how they progress milestone-wise. Um, so, you're, I mean, if if you are concerned, it's going to be talking to the doctor about that. It seems like your boys, for example, can can hear and follow instructions, and all mm-hmm. that stuff is not a problem, right? So it's just the right. verbalization, which uh, yeah, it'd probably be like a breaking where one day they'll just start saying all the things all the time. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't right. that weird? How that works? That's
2: worked? that's what I'm thinking, and, and I'm not too worried about it. I'm just kind of like wishing, especially when they're having breakdowns. Like I wish they would have the words to say what is wrong, you know, so that I could help them. Like my belly hurts, or I'm just, you know,
0: <laughs> my brother bit me.
2: Right, <laughs> they're Something. just screaming
0: and running across the <laughs> right. room. We don't know what's wrong with
2: them. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you know, English would help, but. You know, I figure I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I I figure it's going to happen when it happens. I know that they understand us when we're speaking to them. So I, that really I mean, if they didn't, then I would be concerned. But the fact that they do understand yeah, makes me not too concerned.
0: Well, you had mentioned uh, you weren't going to do the matchy thing when they were infants, just money and just everything else. Did you ever get into the matchy thing with little girls? My wife Close. would have been crazy with that, with the matching hair bows and the dresses and things.
2: And I, when I was pregnant, I was telling everybody I'm not doing the matchy matchy thing because we weren't sure if they were going to be identical or fraternal because we had die dye. So we assumed they were going to be fraternal. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to do the matchy matchy. That's just over the top. And then I had them and I put them in matching outfits and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cute. And so, like, I have them matching all the time when they leave the house now. So did you guys do that?
1: <laughs> um, on special occasions, we get a matchup. Uh, I was really worried, like, I would get them mixed up. Like, uh, like, are you really baby A, are you really baby B? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of devised this scheme where we would dress one of the girls in a certain set of colors and just okay. sister in a different set of colors. So one girl had like warm colors, like orange, yellow, reds, pinks. The other girl had cooler colors, like greens, blues, purples, stuff like that. And then that made it easy for, I mean, we, I was worried about mixing them up, but we could tell them apart. Mm-hmm. But the color pattern, that was easy to explain to anybody, you know, family, friends, whomever was coming over so they could tell who was who. And the bonus benefit was looking back at pictures. When they were really little, you're like, well, I know who that is. I know who that is because I can tell what they were wearing. So eventually they start to have an opinion about what they wear. and So that pattern kind of got thrown out the window. So then we went to like hairstyles, different hairstyles. So one of our girls had bangs and the other one did not. And so that was the pattern we could teach everybody inside the house, how to tell them apart, one has bangs, one does not. Um, so that worked like, so we uh, we dress them identically you know, on special events or holidays and stuff like that. Uh, but most of the time they were wearing maybe uh, the same style of outfit, just the different color sheets. So um, it worked out okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we have, I mean, one has thicker hair, one has thinner hair, but the same hair color and same everything. And we can tell them apart. And Easily. We don't, we don't care if other people can, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And we have messed up on photos. We have baby photos where we argue, nope, that's that one, nope, that's that one. And yeah. my daughter thinks she knows, and sometimes she's on my team, and sometimes she's on my wife's team.
2: Yeah. That's only a few photos. For most of them, we can figure it out, unless they have, like, a hat on or something. But yeah, with dye dye twins, they say that even if they're identical, there's always something that's going to be a little different. Like the hair is going to be a little, which is the case for ours. One is thicker, one is thinner. Um, One's a a little bit heavier than the other one. But we could totally tell the difference between them. But we have people that come over and they're just like, okay, which one's which? And and so you have to let them know. Um, But closer family has now gotten used to. And I'd say 90% of the time can tell which one is which, so.
0: So when you were saying they're a matchy just for holidays and things, okay, that's taking them up to, you know, 10 years old. Do they want to dress alike ever? Now? Now, now,
1: as teenagers, it would be to try to trick other people, like a parent trap situation where mm. um, they, <laughs> they, they went, like one time they went to work, I mentioned they work at Chick-fil-A, so they have the same uniforms, they switch name tags just to see how long it would take their coworkers to realize not the right person so they thought that was hilarious so, <laughs> did it work it worked um it did although they were worried about like getting in trouble so it, it, they didn't do the whole shift at work it was like okay jokes over let's go back and give me my name tag back yeah oh wow, that's funny wow that's
2: did, great does anybody
1: know
0: like the people like uh,
2: did they figure it out i guess is what you're saying
0: yeah did
1: yeah, you I mean, ever let them on the, did they ever let on i think they did because they thought it was so the, my girls thought it was so funny they couldn't help it spill the beans okay okay fun, fun you. um but one of my girls she she got her ears pierced several years ago she wanted to do that and her sister doesn't want to do that at all so at, at closer inspection people can now rely on the earrings or not um but sometimes they wear their hair down over their ears, and then everybody's confused who's who um i really struggle at school like people uh i mean don't even make the effort to tell them apart you know mm-hmm. they'll just yell both names one after the other. or So that kind of wears on them a little bit. So, yeah. Or people just treat them as a single entity.
0: Um, well, I mean, I know I did that in school, just not thinking about it. You know, the the Pennington twins. Mm-hmm. You know, I had class with the Pennington twins. I'm putting them together as yeah. a single entity. I yeah. didn't think that was a
2: bad but thing. But then as a teenager, you want to be right. your own person. And yeah, yeah, I can see where that would... Yeah, it kind of be a little hurtful for them. So yeah.
0: So are they are they best friends?
1: Uh, most days.
0: Most days. Uh, so that isn't. I mean, they get
1: along. They get along well most of the time, but they have their moments, or at least not so much. And one one is, let's uh, say, more independent than her sister, and so she would love less time with her sister, more time doing her own thing. But her sister kind of is more dependent. And so it's kind of this lopsided, I guess, relationship in that regard. So, like, we we homeschooled our kiddos up until maybe third grade. Um, so they went into school in third grade, and, and one of our twins really, really needed her sister by her all the time to help her through that, everything. And that that is still there to some extent, even though it's all these years later in their high school. but. They get along pretty well.
0: Um, is it the younger sister that needs the older sister's help or is it backwards?
1: Uh, it, yeah, it turns out that way it is. Yeah, the wow. Younger sister needs the older. Wow.
2: Did the school try and separate them, put them in different classes or did they let them be together?
1: So we, uh, let see, when we put them in, I think they were in separate classes, but they, they kind of rotated, like, you know, they have like a, a science teacher teacher or an English teacher, but they all have the same teachers, mm-hmm. they just have different class times. Um, and then we switched schools and they were in the same class for a year. And then they went off to middle school and high school where sometimes they have the same classes together sometimes they don't. So it's kind of a mix. Um, I think it's good when they have, well, when they were young and they had the same teachers, so even though they were in separate classes, for a parent it was easier, I thought, because it's... Um, I knew who the teachers were. I knew what the homework assignments were. It wasn't like one set of homework for one kid and another set of homework for the same kid, different kid. Mm-hmm. So it was easier to keep track of. Um, and they can help each other with their assignments and stuff because they, they got the same information from the teacher. Um, and I, I also know that, like, well, it's, it's good for them to be on their own and be independent and discover themselves. And so they're not always attached in uh, in their own eyes or other people's eyes to their, to their twin kind of forging their own path
2: on their own. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, do your twins have the matching name like I mentioned Pennington's. It was Brandy Brandy and Bridget. Did you have the the matching names or the Joan and Jillian or
1: No, we we tried to stay as far away from that as possible. Like Yeah. We were we were all about like individuality. Uh so we just went up the family tree looking for names that we liked and there's no rhyme there's no reason. They don't even show the same letters. It's like um, cause we, we knew that they would be most likely identical and we wanted to try to give them some unique individuality cause I mean, we, we figured they'd probably struggle with that. turns out, you know, they have other people always grouping them together, so yeah, no QT no names, um, yeah, us either, but I don't, I
2: mean, as late as we figured it out we already had a name for a boy picked out and um so it was just picking out another name and i being matchy matchy with names never even crossed my mind
0: we I were just, we were freaking out because we had the we had a party the following day so yeah. we figured out the second name on the drive home we did I mean, we, and we I, wanted to have that checked off the list that was something that my wife could do that yes. was something we can get a hold of right now
2: that's what I, that was one thing I, that was like the only thing I can, could control in that moment was figuring out a name for the second child. And so we, we did it. And um, yeah, so his, his second uh, kid's middle name is my uncle's name. Um, so we just passed because he doesn't have any kids of his own. So we, I, and he's my favorite uncle. So that's the only family in that. And then the older kid has the same initials as Wes's dad but their names i mean it's julian and lex they don't match at all so yeah cross
1: i think that's end. great i mean we wanted something where we could like, I say yell across the house and there would be no confusion which right. is, which of the four kids so not just the twins with the two boys too like uh, so there aren't any similar sounds um,
0: well see we didn't think of that and no. lex and wes sound an awful lot alike when you're yelling it across the house yeah that's annoying <laughs> and it's so different. You wouldn't think about it until you yelled across the house.
2: Yeah.
0: Dude, where were you two and a half years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's important. That yelling across the house thing. Yeah. Golly.
2: Well, oh well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's too bad. Done. It's yeah. It's, too it's, right it's, now.
0: it's the tone now. When yeah. you say it lovingly, you're but you know when me. you're calling.
2: You're,
0: call... you're yelling at the kids.
2: You're funny. But when you're calling the kids, you you'll be able to tell them.
1: Yeah, now it's hard to envision them with any other name because that's what they are.
2: Right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't
0: that
1: weird? As soon as, you, as soon as you get used to it, you're like, oh, we were considering these other names for you. But like, why would we ever have called you that? That's yeah. so
2: weird. It doesn't fit at all. It's yeah. weird because as parents, we just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Right. Uh, you just pull it out of hat.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. So tell me, tell me something crazy that you've learned that you just never thought you'd find out on your uh, twin podcast that you have. Is there anything that's just shocked you or just like, wow, that is a great piece of
1: information? Um, well, Shocking. Um, well, I, I think one, one thing that kind of through through line through all these interviews I've had with these twin dads is that um, they're putting their, their family first. So the dad is putting the family first and that can manifest itself in many ways. Like um, dads who, uh, maybe had one kid before and maybe mom did a disproportionate amount of the work before. Dad's now fully engaged with, with the twins and the family. Or dad's deciding to be the stay-at-home dad while mom continues her career after maternity leave. Um, or uh, situations where they are making personal, extreme personal sacrifices, you know, changing careers, moving, whatever like, okay, I'm all in on, on making sure the family and the twins and my, and my partner are taken care of on this journey. i love that because, um, the stereotypical historical dad is not that kind of involved engaged dad. So to see all these men stepping up and, and being great dads and involved is, is fantastic to me. And I think, uh, one of the twists of, of fate with, with twins is it kind of forces you to, to be all in with them. Um, I remember when our first two sons were born my wife was breastfeeding them i'm like well there's not much i can do Uh, well the twins show up it's like oh yeah okay you can bring one twin to me while i feed the other you're changing diapers you're doing this it's like you're you're all engaged all the time so that's been that's been great i love seeing engaged dads um dads in traditional families like dads single dads divorced dads i mean all kinds of dads you know so That's been fantastic to see. And they've overcome all manner of challenges. Like there's normal, normal pregnancy deliveries. Like kind of we're describing in our two cases. And then there's like these extreme cases where you're like, you know, am I going to lose my, one of my babies or both my babies or am I going to lose my, my partner, my wife, she can die in the operating table or, um, just insane, nutso things where you're like, um, man, I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen to me, but I'm glad that your story turned out okay right Um, in the end um but i guess from talking to all these dads it's like uh, they've all found a way to make it work like when we find out we're having twins like you were just describing you know you complete freak out mode you envision all the worst possible scenarios and then you know it works out now um uh, we find a way to make it work Our love expands to fill, to bring in both twins. We didn't think we could love our our, our third kid as much as our first two. Now we love our third or fourth kid as much as our first two, whatever whatever the case may be. So um, it's just, it's just very encouraging. Every time I do podcast interviews, like with you or other dads, I'll go share something with my wife. I'm like, okay, well, this is way different than our experience. Um, it's,
0: It's pretty, yeah, we brought yeah. our twins home, and it shocked me. But I see what he's saying, but it just it didn't make sense. And Unless you had twins, it wouldn't make sense to you. But my brother was like, just tell me, which which one do you like better? I mean, you have a favorite, right? Dude, you don't. You mm-hmm. really don't. And yeah. it's, it's just the craziest thing, you know? I'll give one a hug, and I'll just whisper in his ear, I love you so much. And then me, I have to go do the other one. I yeah. have to do it equal. And... But the hugs are different because the kids taking the love or giving the love different. You know, mm-hmm. one wants to tickle while you're doing it. But, you know, it's yeah, I love them so much. Yeah, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, I don't know. What who do you think? Uh, how, how do you I'm a marketing guy. How do you try to get your podcast into someone like I found out I'm having twins five months in. I'm in shock? If I'd have had the Dad's Guide the Twins podcast that I could listen to in my private drive time to and from work, that might have really helped me out. And to let them know it'll be okay. Somehow it finds a way to work out.
2: Yeah, because, you know, when you when it doesn't run in your family and you don't know people with twins, you feel like you are out in the world alone. You know that there's other people that have twins and they're okay and they've survived, but you don't know them personally. So you're like, how the heck am I going to do this? And once you have twins, you look around and you're like, oh, wow. Look, And people just come up to you and volunteer the information at that point, you know. Um, but before that, it, you're just, what? I don't know what I'm going to do. So, yeah, you feel like you're in a sea all alone in a storm and you don't know how to navigate it. So
0: So how can we get these dads right to your website, com? How can we do that? Besides being on my podcast, I'm going to promote the heck out of it. What can we do?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got the podcasts, uh, I've been doing that for like 11 years, so, and the, uh, the website maybe 14 years, once I cleared that, that fog of the first several months with the twins, I started doing the, the website, and there's a YouTube channel too, so anywhere you're searching for dads of twins, father of twins, I'm going to pop up in the mix. That's somewhere. great.
0: Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. I didn't know about the YouTube channel, I'm going to put that on there, perfect.
1: Um, a lot of... I'm interviewing a lot of dads now where they like stumbled on my podcast when they were having twins and now they're coming on my show and they've got two, year old twins. So it's kind of fun to see the whole journey from like beginning to where they are full circle now, uh, paying it forward. Um, like if, if someone listening to your podcast discovers they're having twins, uh, there's probably a local parents of multiples group in their city or nearby that they can physically go meet other parents of twins, uh, dads of twins. Uh, there are several Facebook groups, um, or like fathers of twins in the U.S., fathers of twins worldwide, that uh, are very engaged and active. You can ask whatever questions you want in there. I know there's an active um, uh, subreddit as well for uh, parents for multiples. So there, there's there are online communities that people can tap into if there's nobody locally that they know. Um, but and of course, uh, yeah, you can check out my my stuff. I'm happy to help too.
0: Um, well, I'm gonna questions. put I'm gonna put all the links on my Facebook group. So, West Ozzy's Magic Life Podcast Facebook group. I'm going to have the YouTube channel, your podcast, and the uh, .com on there. Dude, thank you so much for coming on
2: today. Yeah, this, this is, is awesome. awesome.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And we got Natalie here, so you guys were able to... I felt I felt like a weight off my shoulders that I could let her remember <laughs> the baby weights and things, man. That's the hard thing. Does other dads tell you that? Like, they're afraid you're going to
1: ask them questions that only mom would know? They are. They are. Yeah. Or they'll be like, I man, I just don't remember.
2: The first six months, first year. I, oh, I my don't
1: goodness. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: it, 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 it's definitely it fog. Around. Yeah. All right. Well, it's com. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And um, only thing, one left thing to say for us. I'm tongue tied. Huh. One more thing left to say for us. See you See next you week. week. Check us out online at wesisely.com and patreon.com forward slash wes underscore Isley for behind the scene videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W E S I S E L I.